Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings to other realms and beyond the vine. Hello, welcome to Beyond the Bindings. I'm Max Lopez, and today we are going to cover Peronisi by Susanna Clark, which was published in 2020. And this was a really strange story that was very short, and Susanna Clark only has one other book that she published in the early 2000s, maybe not super early, but I want to say like 2005 or 2006, and I'm probably wrong with both those years, but... I was curious about that one after having having looked into Peronisi here. And after I finished the book, I, I was at the library, and they had a copy of this other book. It's got a really long title. It's fantasy as well, and it's like a, uh, it's like a, it's like a historical, it's like, uses actual history, and they alter, I forget what that's called. Um, but so it, it's like, it, it's like a, it, takes place within our history but it has like all these magic elements within it it sounded pretty interesting but the book was like 750 pages i'm not really wanting to read one single 750 book page book right this like right this week so i didn't pick it up but i I think i would like to cover it in the future but pernisi here was a very fascinating take on fantasy because i was drawn to it because i had seen it posted quite a bit on the internet and people a lot of the a lot of the response to it was saying that I really didn't expect to like this story as much as I did so I didn't actually go into it with that thought I kind of figured if a lot of these people that I follow that show uh, that have very similar interests and taste in, in books as I do I, I kind of figured I would like it so I didn't go in with that opinion but I love I'm honestly I loved it it was so far out and it was very metaphysical and for it being a fantasy story, it was a very different kind of fantasy story. It wasn't wizards and magic as we know it, uh, or as we often read about it, or any of that sort of thing. And it was it was a little bit more, ab- I don't want to say it was above that, but it wasn't relying so heavily on detail and, and really in-depth knowledge of different fictional cultures and learning about the inner like the uh, inner circles of kingdoms and things like that which of course I love it's honestly I haven't read a big series like that in a long time for I mean at least in a long time for the first time the last series I read that was like that was my last reread of Lord of the Rings and I mean it's been years since I've read A Song of Ice and Fire the last time I had read it it's been years since I read Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, which I bring up on here all the time. One of my favorite books, series of all time. Uh, it's just been a really long time since I've read a, a story like that. And Paranisi wasn't that at all. So uh, it was kind of, you know, right on track with where I am right now. Now, I guess I am reading Discworld. Uh, I, I don't really consider that. It, that that falls into its own its own category of storytelling in regards to fantasy. So I don't really consider 
Discworld to be like a part of that whole thing. In a way, it's it is, and in a way, it's not. And, and in many ways, it's pretty much just its own its own thing, just in general. So, this story is really cool because it's almost uh, it's kind of like a castaway type situation. Right away, you're introduced to Peronisi, who is this character, who is stuck in this world that is like an infinite house like you would kind of imagine it as being like a uh it's like a giant mansion but like giant is not it's not there's i can't like infinite is the best way to describe it and within this home or within this house there's like all these different levels and there's actual like nature within all of them and there's different like there's caves and there's oceans or or big bodies of water and it's it's really quite fun trying to figure out how like your brain is going to imagine all of these things because the contents of this house are so much bigger than what we can really fathom being inside of a house although the main character Peronisi refers to it as a house it's so much more than that and it's it's really cool because it has these different levels to it and the main structures that reside within this house that he has found all around are these statues and these statues are all based on things from our actual reality and our world itself so right away you're kind of have a lot of questions come up you also are very aware that Peronisi doesn't he is just learning all of these things and even learning like his age and he has his own calendar and he's kind of aware of just some sort of base of time because of this calendar that he's created and so you're kind of seeing him learn more and more and you get to go back and learn a little bit about what he experienced before the events of what you're about to encounter and it's really cool this documentation that he does and and basically the entirety of the story is written as one of these documentations you're you're reading his journal throughout the entire thing and it's really fascinating to see him explore these things and try and make these connections because right away as the reader you have this opinion that he's he had to have come from someplace else and he doesn't seem very aware of himself because he is aware of his age in connection to some other characters that he interacts with now while he like within this world there is a character that he refers to only as the other and the other comes to meet with him twice a week and they kind of like have like a little conversation about what the world is the other like sends him on tasks but there's clues that Susanna Clark gives you right away that help you to see that this there's something more to this person than than really Peronisi is actually seeing, which is really cool. He also ends up interacting with another character named the Prophet, and those like the interactions between the three of them or like the knowledge of the three of them as it kind of rotates throughout is very interesting. And the other world just as a whole, this story is super short and it's not something that I really can expand upon too much about the details of it because it's really, it's something you're going to burn through in a day or two days or three days just because it's, it's meant to be kind of all taken in at once. I don't think I would really have enjoyed the story as much as I did if I would have kind of read it 
slowly, periodically over the course of a week or two, I think that you, I think I personally would have lost a lot of the connection I was able to make to it just as a whole. So I really did like that take on this whole, he seemed like he was trapped through your perspective, but to his perspective, he didn't really seem to know any difference. So you're kind of back and forth on this feeling of like, is this world kind of like its soul world and there's not really anything else besides this or you know it kind of makes me think when I when I read fantasy stories that take place on other worlds uh not Discworld Discworld doesn't count because Discworld is fascinating because it addresses our re our multiverse as a whole so or you know whether you believe in the multiverse or not within Discworld the multiverse exists so it does address our earth but when you think about something like Middle Earth, right, from Lord of the Rings, are, are, was Tolkien's intentions for that to be like another planet? Or was that like a different alternate version of our Earth? I, I, this is something that really starts to come up to me in, you know, in my mind after reading this, and it's something I've toyed with before, but this, this story here really kind of helped me to think a little bit more clearly about that, and no, I wouldn't even say clearly. I'm still questioning it, so I guess I'm not thinking super clearly about it. But, I mean, even with uh, with A Song of Ice and Fire, that one's interesting because, well, I guess both are kind of fascinating because they don't necessarily name, like, the, the planet itself, I guess, in a way, the characters within it aren't really evolution or, tech, like, in their technological advances, really there to be super knowledgeable about that and i know with uh lore with lord of the rings there there is more about like space and and the constellations and things like that especially having gandalf and the maya i believe is what they're called like be like celestial entities so i'm sure that that is somewhere in it and uh i just i would like to hear or read some of like tolkien tolkien's thoughts on that and so within this you are you are told right or you are shown right away through the contents of the statues that there clearly our world our actual earth exists so that plays a really big role at the beginning of the story is just Paranisi exploring this whole world that he granted has been in for a very long time and he's kind of almost showing you around in a way which is really cool and so it's like this castaway scenario, but he's completely accepted that like, Anne doesn't know anything other than this, and he's very much accepted like, this is just how it is. And he's very calm and cool and collective the whole time. It's it's actually kind of nice because I think like this amnesia type thing that you presume he has, it's not causing him to have like, you know, panic or moments of distress that you're reading which I think would kind of consume the story if he was focusing so much of his attention just on kind of this I'm stuck here type of mentality. Instead, he's almost just right away in survival mode from the from you know the moments that you're introduced to the character. And he's very privy. He's very knowledgeable about how, uh, how this world kind of operates and how he can go about surviving within it and he even lends a hand to the other at certain points as well and 
I thought it was just, I mean, it her pros were really were, were really nice. I think that uh, being in that first person was was told in a in a in a very creative way, not just because it was told in first person, but I think the journal log entry really created that like that time lapse really happened in a very flowing way, and I think Susanna Clark did an amazing job with that. And just descriptions, like the way, again, like a, a huge part of the reason I love this story so much is just the world you were able to build. And I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but one of my favorite things about reading is what I see in my head is not what you see in your head, as long as this thing's not a movie yet. So, and maybe some people are able to separate in their head what it is, but I've said this before, Daniel Radcliffe in my head is now Harry Potter. It's just, it, I can't get it out. It's impossible for that not to be like that. Same with Frodo. It's Elijah Wood. I can't get that out of my head. It's just permanent. Ian McKellen is Gandalf. It's just how I portray these things. And it's something I've come to accept. And all of Middle Earth, just in general for me in my head, is very much based off of what I have seen from the Peter Jackson films. And this, not only do you not have that, but you have like this completely distorted world that seems to be an, a world itself contained within a house. So, and in a house is an understatement. Again, it's more like some giant mansion or a palace almost. Is at least more how I pictured it. Towards the end, I started getting this perception of like a M.C. Escher painting. But instead of things being like stairs going in, going, you know, in reverse and upside down and on ceiling and all that kind of stuff that you see in M.C. Escher paintings. Instead, there's those things, but there's like natural forests growing within them and lakes and rivers and oceans and flowing water and, and fountains and all sorts of things like that. So I really, I think uh, I kind of took a lot of my imagery for this from what I would imagine M.C. Escher would have, have drawn this world as, which is, is really cool. And I'm, I'm curious, I'll have to look online if anybody else had also felt um, similarly about this setting, because it was really cool. It was honestly one of, uh, it's the first book I read in 2000, and, well, not the first book, but one of the first books I've read here in 2023. And I mean, it did set a standard for as far as like super metaphysical, uh, incredible setting, just enough information for to really expand upon a character and a small group of characters that you want to be sort of mysterious. And I think she did that in a really, really nice way. And I thought that this is a book that you could tackle and really kind of want to burn through right away, right away because you'll see that, uh, that, like, why, like, you're just kind of going with him at this pace and at this pace, and you want to just kind of see where the story is going because it's very elusive at the beginning and it kind of continues and maintains that all the way up until the very, very end of it as well. So I think the elus elusivity of this story lends a huge hand to your desire to really kind of burn through it as you read it. Now, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest themes, uh, the, the one I'm going to actually talk about right now is the exploration of the unknown and fearlessness and the ability to step up to a challenge. So that's about three that I wanted to talk about here. 
But the exploration of the unknown is something that is uh, is such a great lesson that you can learn from this story because very much Paranisi just doesn't hold back. And even the moments that he does hold back, it, it's done in this way that's very calculated in order to kind of get him ahead so he doesn't have to hold himself back. And his continued exploration of the unknown within this world, the ability to continue to document everything and, and very much be like a, I mean, very much be a scientist and do everything following the method, following exactly what he feels is going to document the data as best as possible. And I thought that was really cool. And he does it in this fearless way, which leads me to the next theme of just the ability to face something that is so unknown. And I think that that's something that's the biggest fear I have is uh, is facing what is unknown. And I think that's such a natural fear for everybody. And it's something that I always try to step up to as much as possible. And, my, you know, even that feeling in your heart where it's just racing and racing and racing and you're just so nervous about what you are about to experience because it is new to you. And nothing feels better than the moment that you accomplish that that unknown when you were able to step up to that fear that fear and become fearless and i thought that this story presents that in this beautiful way because and he doesn't step he steps up to it naturally which is such a cool it's such a, a incredible character type to have this person that because he's so unaware of himself like his actual self you're able to see him almost approach it like a child, which is really kind of cool because, you know, I, I, I'm a teacher. I teach elementary school. I work with, with kids in elementary school every day. And certain things about them they are very fearless with about, you know, saying things that might make you sound stupid or, you know, even think about like skateboarding and, and those kind of more extreme sports. Most of those people who our professionals in those types of things started when they were so young and they were able to go into that with that young mind of being able to accomplish anything that you can be a superhero and that you are fearless and, and they do it and oh granted of course you're not you're you're not a superhero so you can most certainly get hurt but you have the ability to to do things that you typically would go at thinking like well what if i got hurt if i got hurt then I might have to miss work, then I might lose some money, then I might not be able to even pay for the bills that I have to go to the doctor. And those things kind of just spiral and roll down the hill collecting more and more and more and that creates that fear within us. Uh, and this is such a different fear than, than fear that I've talked about in, the, in past episodes when referring to actual scary things from Stephen King books. This is more just like stepping up sometimes just even to be an adult, which I mean, some days I wish I could just like put that little, that little license that they give you eventually, like, here's your adult license, you know, go, go, you know, live your life, I suppose. And, uh, some days I wish I could like just put that up on the shelf and some days you do. And some days I recommend that everybody does just put that up on the shelf and go to a concert or uh, just sit around on the couch all day and eat junk food. You're like, why not? I mean, you deserve it if you uh, put in the time, right? And even if you didn't, who's, who am I to say you don't deserve it? But that fearlessness that you can collect 
as a child is still possible as an adult. I think that it's sometimes a little bit more taxing in the moment, like how it physically makes you feel. But truly, once you live the experience, or especially one of the above even the feeling afterwards, the feeling during when you know it's going successfully is such a cool feeling. And I love to see this type of theme in a story like this because it it's so metaphysical and you're kind of able to connect to this character that is is very kind of bones. You don't have a full background on him because he doesn't have a full background on himself. And I, I really just I really just think Susanna Clark did an incredible job specifically with Paranisi. And uh, the other characters were great as well, but I, I think that you're, anytime you're put into the head of a character and get to kind of live around in there is, is incredibly fun. And in this situation where it's told in this first person, I think that it is, it, it continues to make that character become like this, have this kind of depth to it, even though you're truly not given the depth in regards to in regards to character background instead you're getting solely just this character development which i thought was really really well done so i will be reading that second book because or the truly the first book because i really enjoyed her writing styles her writing style that is so moving forward i got some stuff on the horizon that'll just have to wait until after this podcast is released so as always, go get a library card. Uh, again, I know the uh, the episode probably clipped a couple of times, but just bear with me. Thanks for sticking around to this point and not turning it off after the clipping. I think I only saw a clip like once or twice, and uh, and I'll I'll continue to make it sound as best as possible, or the best. I will continue to make it sound as good as possible. I'm sorry, I've been teaching all day, and at this point, I should probably not talk. So. I'm Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bodies.